Welcome to the Gen X Women's Guide to Love podcast. I'm your host, Shonda Howard, and I'm going to teach you exactly how to stop attracting all of the wrong men so you can meet and marry the man of your dreams. Let's get started. Welcome to episode one of the Gen X Woman's Guide to Love podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Oh my goodness. And since this is episode one, I really just wanted to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about my story, especially as it relates to finding love, because I know that that's exactly what you are desiring in your life. So right now, at the moment, I'm living in Chicago, Illinois with my husband, Brian, and our two sons, Charlie and Henry, and I can really honestly say that I've been happily married to my soulmate for a little bit over four years, but my journey to find love was anything but easy. So not that long ago, not that many years ago, in fact, I was in my late 30s and I was living in Manhattan. I was single, I was living the single life in New York City, and I was really deeply frustrated with dating and love. At the time, it was my biggest dream to get married to an amazing man and start a family, but at the time, that also felt completely out of reach. In fact, I often felt like it was probably just not going to happen for me. Not sure if you can relate to that, but a lot of my clients definitely feel the same way. And so my life at the time, it looked really good on paper, okay? So from the outside looking in, it looked like I had all the makings of a really happy, successful life, right? So I had this successful corporate career. I was really able to take care of myself in New York City. So I was earning enough money to support myself living in the city and in Manhattan, which really at the time felt like a huge accomplishment. Um, Before that point in time, I had been sort of a struggling artist, actor for over a decade. And so getting to that point really felt like I had sort of made it in in some capacity, right? I had this really vibrant life. I had a lot of friends, friends that felt like family. And the only caveat to that was that all of my friends, they were at the stage in life where they were starting to get married and have babies, And so every single time one of them would call to tell me that they had just gotten engaged, I was definitely celebrating with them on the outside. I was so happy. And yet at the same time, I secretly was about to burst into tears because I felt like I had just been punched in the gut with all of that sadness and loneliness and most importantly, fear that I was going to be single for all of eternity. So during these years, this period of time in my life, I was a bridesmaid or a maid of honor and at a wedding just about every other month. I mean, seriously, I really felt at the time like I was living in that movie 27 Dresses with Katherine Heigl. And so I would often at these weddings be the life of the party, right? But I was also usually the only single girl. The bride's parents would corner me and tell me exactly how much they adored me, how amazing they thought I was, and they would always ask, why aren't you coupled up yet? Why don't you have a guy? Why aren't you married? And so I would answer these questions with a smile on my face, and I would laugh, and I would make a joke, but deep down inside, I felt like I was dying. I was super ashamed. I was embarrassed, and this question was the mystery that I really just didn't have an answer for. I was deeply afraid to die alone with 10 cats. And so I would get back into the swing of life and I would go to work and I would 
take myself to a bar class or a spin class after and I would go out to happy hour or drinks with my coworkers, and I had things in my life to occupy my time I had things that were fun and fulfilling but at the same time I felt really lonely I remember during this period of time there was a woman who lived in my building and she had been there for about 25 years Let's, for the sake of the story, we'll call her Mary, but Mary lived in the garden unit of my building. And if you don't know New York City and you don't know what a garden unit is, that's like sort of below grade. It's kind of half below ground, kind of like a basement unit. And so Mary lived in this basement unit, this garden unit, and she had a few cats. I think she had actually four or five cats, if we're being honest. And everyone in my building would lovingly refer to her in whispers as Crazy Mary. Okay, so Mary, she was a cautionary tale for me because I was pretty sure that if I did not do something really drastic to really understand what was going on, I might be headed for a life like Crazy Mary. And so to make matters worse, I was trying to find Mr. Right, right? I was doing all of the things that I thought you were supposed to do. I was going out with my girlfriends. I was getting dressed up on the weekends. We were going to fancy dinners to the hot new restaurants. And I was really hoping to meet somebody, right? I was making myself look attractive and feel attractive. And I was doing all the right things. And I had my friends who were wing women with me. I was also on all of the apps and the websites. I was on OkCupid, eHarmony, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. Every new app that came along, I would sign up immediately. You name it, I was on the app. But my experience of dating was just not pleasant. It seemed like no matter what I did, I just seemed to keep attracting a very specific type of Mr. Wrong. And it was so mind-boggling because even though I would go back into the app and hope to meet somebody new and I would swipe, swipe, swipe until I found a different profile, I would feel every single time like I was showing up to this date and somehow it was the same guy over and over again. Now, you might know the type, okay? So he's kind of a bro, right? He might work in finance. He might be a little bit Peter Pan, So kind of like not looking to grow up necessarily, right? Um, Super handsome or at least some handsome qualities, right? So, but at the same time, a little bit full of himself, which this combination for some reason made him very magnetic to me. So I always felt an attraction, but there was also this air of mystery. It was sort of this unavailability. It was that I always was left to wonder if I would hear from him again And usually he would give me just enough communication to keep me coming back for just a little bit more or another hangout over the course of a few weeks or a month. But more often than not, I found myself ghosted or I'd find myself sort of hit up at like 10 or 11 p.m. Or even better yet, if things did progress into the three dates or longer category, I still never quite felt like I could relax and be comfortable with them. I always had to wonder, is he still on the apps looking for other women? Is he dating other women? Is he going to ask me out this weekend? Is he going to ask to see me again? It felt so confusing and I constantly had this pit of anxiety in my stomach. And most of all, I just wanted to hit my head up against the wall because I really could not understand why in the world I couldn't seem to attract a guy that wanted the same things as me, that was ready to settle down, that was emotionally available, maybe that wanted to meet for dinner at 7 p.m. (laughs) I just wanted to be with somebody who would ask me out in advance, respond to my texts without making me wait, who would introduce me to his friends, maybe even his parents, 
Someone that really wanted to spend time with me and include me in his life. Maybe even pick up the phone and call me once in a while, right? I know if you're a Gen X woman, you feel me here. So I knew deep down inside that I had so much to offer. I knew I was a great catch. And I was ready for things to feel easy, simple, and straightforward. I was over the stomach flip that I once thought was exciting. I wanted to be with somebody who was honest and kind and wanted to be with me. By the time I was 36, I had been playing this dating game for the last four years quite unsuccessfully. I was defeated. I was tired. I felt like my clock was ticking and I was running out of time. And I was willing to try anything. I could not field another call from my mom asking if I had met anyone yet. I always got off of those calls with tears in my eyes. I hit a breaking point and I was willing to try anything to avoid becoming Crazy Mary. In fact, if you had told me during this period of time that I needed to go get a gallon of water out of the Hudson, drink it really, really fast, and then run through Central Park naked, that that would mean I would find my person, I would have done it. I was all in on doing anything. So in my 36th year, it was September of 2016 to be exact, I hired my first coach with the intention of finding love. I meant business. I also, during this time, started diving into the principles of hypnotherapy and my subconscious mind. Over the next six months, I started to take excellent care of myself. I started working out and eating healthy. I walked at least 10,000 steps a day. I meditated every single day. I was doing the work to reprogram my subconscious beliefs. And I always, always had something uplifting in my headphones as I was walking around the city to listen to. I was actively seeing all of the couples and happy relationships around me as evidence that what I wanted was possible. And I started to get really super clear on exactly what I wanted in a relationship and how I was settling before. I started to give myself all of the happiness and joy that I was seeking from a relationship. I even took an epic solo trip to London and Paris over Thanksgiving. During this time, I was lit up, I was inspired, and I was saying yes to anything and everything that would fill me up. And less than six months later, I met my husband, Brian. Brian and I were introduced by our two mutual friends that were visiting New York from Los Angeles. They had the sneaky idea to invite us both to dinner and see what would happen. And when I met Brian, my first thought was he was just this really funny, cool, kind guy, right? He was super nice. The four of us just sat down and had this really easy, fun dinner. The conversation flowed easily. It felt like an amazing game of ping pong. And I remember him making a sweet joke about how he was going to order a a steak because I was there. I remember having this serious giggle fit when he dead seriously looked at me in the face and said, I'm worried I might find you under the Long Island Expressway overpass begging for money because I had made a joke that I might have an almond milk latte addiction. We all laughed so much at dinner and it felt so joyous and fun to be with him. I didn't even realize at the time the plan was a fix up and I wasn't thinking about him in a romantic way at all. However, later in the evening when we were at Marie's Crisis, which is a famous piano bar in the village, I realized that my friends were trying to fix me up and I immediately shut down. Brian was asking me questions. He was trying to engage in conversation. He was asking me, what musical is this song from? And I would give him the shortest one word answers possible. 
I was giving him every sign that I could think of that I was not interested in speaking with him or anything romantic. And in fact, one at one point, I think I even had my back turned against him and he was trying to talk to me. I mean, I just didn't want to ruin the opportunity to have a good fun, it, uh, to have a good friend. It felt like a lot of pressure. And I was worried, oh, what if things go south? And, and then, you know, this is something weird to our friendship. I just was not into it. I was, I was a hard no for me, okay? And he did text me and he asked me to grab coffee with him because we worked in the same neighborhood. And so I agreed, right? Because I thought he's going to be a great friend. That was my only expectation. And so what was supposed to be this quick coffee date turned into a two-hour lunch. We ended up chatting about everything, He told me about his surfing adventures in Ireland. We dreamed about going to Copenhagen to ride bikes and talked about how we both were dying to experience the magic of Hugga. We both talked about our former failed relationships. By the end of lunch, we had theoretical plans for him to teach me how to surf and to travel to Denmark. And we had very real plans to see each other over the weekend. I remember him asking me if I had gone to the Women's March in New York City that previous weekend, which I had. And he commented that I seemed so sweet and soft. He wasn't sure if I was that type. At the time, I took that as such a huge compliment and reflection of the work that I had been doing to let all of my walls down, let down my hard New York City facade, and let my more feminine side be seen. As I sat across from Brian, I got a download unlike anything I've ever received or experienced before. It was a full body knowing that this was my person. I had heard those stories over and over again of how people had just known when their person was there, right? And everyone kept telling me, you'll just know, okay? And I just didn't believe them because I was like, what does this even mean? I've never had that feeling. And with Brian, I instantly had it. It was as if all of the work that I had been doing over those six months had elevated me to this place where I was in full self-worth and full belief that what I wanted was coming. And with Brian, it was just all there. It was so easy to be with him. He was honest. He was kind. He was open. He didn't make me wait or wonder about anything. And things moved fast. We moved in together three months after we met. We had a trip planned to Europe a couple of months later. And it was on that trip that we went to Copenhagen, London, and Paris that Brian asked me to marry him in the gardens of Luxembourg in Paris. I was completely blown away and I was shocked when he got down on one knee that day because I was just not expecting that to happen on that trip. I was certain, I had this deep knowing deep down inside that we were going to get married. We were going to be together. But I was also living in so much flow and enjoying our love and our relationship so much that I was not worried about it. And today I can confidently say that I am married to the love of my life. I am in the healthiest, most loving, supportive relationship I've ever been in. And I really want that for you too. And don't get me wrong, life is chaotic with two small kids. I know at the end of the day, though, that we are both committed to our relationship. Every day I get to look at my life and realize that this is my dream. I am living my dream, and every day I'm so grateful. And so how exactly did this happen over the course of six months? Well, looking back on my journey, what I can see is that there were three super important steps that had to happen for me to attract my dream man. First, I had to really look at and release my past. 
This meant all of my past relationships, all of my past programming, some of which went all the way back to childhood. Second, I had to start creating a life that I really loved and start living my life to the fullest. I had to create my own happiness instead of feeling the constant lack of having a relationship. And third, I had to do the work to attract my person by getting super clear on what I wanted, trusting that it was going to happen, and really believing that everything I wanted was possible. And I had to get super connected to exactly how worthy and deserving I was of what I wanted. And so over the next three episodes of this podcast, I'm going to walk you through those three important steps a little bit more in detail. So if you're really struggling in your love relationship and you're really desiring that big love, that romantic partnership with someone who's an amazing, kind, wonderful human and treats you like your goal, this is exactly what I do with my one-on-one clients. And I'm going to talk you through how to do this and how to create this over the next few episodes. Stay tuned for episode two next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Gen X Woman's Guide to Love podcast. If you liked this episode, I would be so honored if you'd share it with someone who you know is looking for love. And if you're ready to take this work even deeper, I invite you to head on over to shondahoward.com forward slash free, where you can download your free meditation to attract your soulmate.